actually doing in our lives in Jesus mighty name amen amen let's go straight on to our teachings today and uh, it's a lot that we want to cover and so what I'm hoping we should going to do is it will just sort of um bring out um um it will bring up the the core principles to enable you to go study and follow on the book yourself and actually get more um, but the, the, we, we are we are talking about really unleashing the power of your human needs there are six human needs that drive us I'm going to focus on you know today because all human beings have different desires, um, and, and but we are all driven by the same set of needs. We all have different desires. God has put different desires in our lives. We are, you know, there are those who you, you could desire something, you know, you we are all different in our own way. And God has wired us like that. We all have different desires. We are all, that's so why we are not the same. You are people who are engineers, others who are detailed, others who are not detailed, others who are happy to be, you know, doctors, they are happy, others who are happy to be, you know, we are all got different desires that God has put in our in our hearts. But we are all driven by the same set of needs. All over the world, the needs that drive us as human beings, they are the same. We may have, we may be different, we may have different desires, but when it comes to the needs that we have, they are all the same for this race called the human race because we are all created by God in his image. So when it comes to needs, we all have the same, same set of needs. And today I hope uh, somehow we'll be able to communicate how understanding, um, you know, how we respond to this, you know, these needs actually affects us. Now, Paul declaring in, 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 um, in Philippians, chapter 4 verses 19 he says but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus there's something that Paul had identified and what is right in the previous Philippian church he talks he says you know what when it comes to needs my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, Paul was making, alluding to physical uh, needs, whether it was lack of the, you know, the church in Philippi, um, he was, was supporting him. But he says, he says, you know what? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. There's something that Paul had realized when it came to needs that he had come to a point of realizing that the best way for his needs to be met was to allow the Lord to be the supplier, to be the supplier of those, um, you know, of, of, of those needs. Matthew chapter 6, 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, uh, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. In other fashion, it says, do not worry. Uh, because again, we can be very worried when it comes to, you know, um, the needs that we have and how those needs are being met. We can be very worried. 
about those. And by the way, you know, as we look at it later today, you'll see that's what is driving people. The reason why you are people are waking up every morning and running to work and you know doing all sorts of things is is in attempt to meet needs. The reason why there's so much stress and strain even in our nation today is because of this issue of needs. You hear people saying, you know, Maisha Mepan, you know, the life is difficult. You know, and even people are rioting for, you know, because of it. Um, you know, because we all have the same set of needs and uh, different desires, but all of us as human beings, we have the same set of needs. Uh, and people express, uh, you know, re- respond to those needs in different ways. And um, in Matthew chapter 6, as a study to look at three, it says, For our Heavenly Father knoweth that ye need all these things. Um, he, again, he's saying uh, on this whole thing about worry and, and needs, and saying, Do not be worried uh, or seek after them, you know, something because the heaven do not seek after basically other things because the, our Father knows that you need all these things and He's able to meet, uh, to meet your need. In Psalms that seven verses four, it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thy, of thy heart. So again, this is just scripture as we come in to address this issue about the six human needs. And in Romans chapter 3, verses 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good and perfect and pleasing way. With that, I would say, let us go in. First of all, before we dive into the needs, there are four experiences that drive our, you know, the, how we re, how we react, how how we how, how we respond. That though the first experience is what we call peak experience. There are things that when we do, you know, we feel good about them. You know, they are, you know, we feel good about them. It's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for others, and even serves the greater good. So there are things that when we when we set ourselves to do, they they feel good. They are, you know, they are good for you. They are good for others, and they also serve the greater good. And when we when we when we when we have these experiences, this is where we we all us you know want us to want want to be where everything we are doing and what is it feels good to do is good for me. It's good for other people and serves the greater good. When we operate here, there's peace with everyone. But then there's a second class, uh, what we call class two experiences, uh, which is critical when you talk about focus and taking action. And these are things that when you know we don't, we, when we do them, it does not feel good. You know, it doesn't feel good doing them, but they are good for you. They are good for others and they serve the greater good. A good example here is like what we have been talking about where we say, you know, find time, you know, exercise, you know, go out there and, and you know, exercise. And it's not that when you're exercising, it does not feel good, but it is something that is good for you. It's good for others and it actually serves the greater good. So, you know, that's a very, you know, very classic example. Or even, for example, when we say, let's wake up and come here and meet for prayer every morning. You know, it, it doesn't feel good, you know, we would be sleeping. I mean, you would be enjoying your sleep right now um, or be busy doing other things, you know. It's early in the morning, but you're here sitting down, listening, listening. So it doesn't necessarily feel, you know, good. But is it good for you? Absolutely. Is it good for others? Yes, because that which you get here today and you go to work, you'll be empowered, you'll be energized, and you know, you'll be in a position that you can be able to help other people. Does it serve the greater good? Absolutely. You know, so those are what we call class two experiences when we, we talk about um, you know, this idea of, of, of human needs. But then there's another class of experience we call non-productive um, you know, class three experiences. And this is where you put things like drinking, excess alcohol, which again a lot of people are trapped in, where when you're when you are doing it, it feels good. 
That's why people drink, you know, that's why people drink. That's why it's a big problem. It feels good, but it's not good for you. And even you yourself or the people that are drinking, they know it's not good for them. It's also not good for others. Yeah, it's, it's not, it does not feel good. It, so it feels good. It's not good for you. It's not good for others. And it's not, it does not serve the greater good. You spend money, you are damaged relationships, you cannot keep budget, you do funny things, you know, but people are still are doing it. We call those class three experiences. And then there's level four, what do you call level four experiences? You know, it does not feel good. It's not good for you. It's not good for others. And it does not even serve a greater good at all. That's where we put things like smoking. You know, where, you know, when people are smoking, it doesn't feel good. I don't know. I've, I've not smoked, but I don't, I've never seen, you know, how, how smoking, you know, something like that will feel, will feel good. And, you know, for those who do it, it doesn't feel good at all in the first time. So it does not feel good. It's not good, good for your health, and it's not good for others. It does not serve any good, yet people are still doing it. But the point we are making here is the secret to a happy and fulfilled life is learning to convert class two experiences into class one, where you start making them process the process of doing them feel good as well as be good, which is basically you are taking your class two experiences, things that does, do not feel good, but is good for you, is good for others and serves the greater good, where you start focusing on these things and making them become class one. For example, the discipline of exercising, it does not feel good, but if you, if you, you know, do it and continue doing it, all of a sudden it move, you move it to class number one. Prayer, I would put it there. Reading God's word, you know, it takes time for you to sit down and concentrate and shut down and start reading God's word. And you move class two experiences and move them into class one, where doing them starts feeling good. For example, in this prayer meeting, which we do every morning, you know, it feels good now. We're no longer struggling. Um, you know, waking up or being here, it has become part of us. It feels good when we wake up in the morning. But when we started, it was not easy. But we have made it, we have moved it from class two into class Class one. So that's a very, very important thing. But the main thing I want to say here, as we dive into this thing of six human needs, the secret to a happy and fulfilled life is learning to convert your class two experiences into class one. That means making the process of doing them feel good as well as be good for you in Jesus' name. And I hope you understand why now the power of prayer, power of reading God's word, and you know, exercising our faith, which is which, which is classical for us. As we move on there, um, we as we, we focus on this, um, you know, this the six needs. There are six needs that, that define uh, humanity. And, you know, the, some of these needs can be in conflict with others. And when you go into them, you'll, I'll explain to you what, 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 what I mean. But these six human needs define, um, you know, what, what we do. And as we go to look at them, and let's just dive in straight away into them, um, where we say to be fulfilled, we must consistently meet these six human needs that I'm going to talk about. And you see how God's word is so powerful when it comes to dealing with these six human needs that we have, we have, we have here. Now, we, I, I would like to base our, our, our you know, the, the, the review of these six needs through from James chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, where it says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. And you'll see what that means when we start looking at especially item number one. The first need that all human beings have that drives what we do 
is certainty, being certain. All of us, everywhere, all over the world, every human being wants to feel certain. You want to feel a level of certainty. I don't know whether you have been in a situation where, you know, um, you went to, uh, to maybe you, you went to do some, some a, a medical examination. And I, I remember, you know, going through that uh, when we are getting, when I was getting employed, um, and most, maybe some of you have gone through that. And, you know, you go, you do the interview, um, everything works well, they give you the letter. But they tell you that your, the job is subject to you passing uh, your medical examination. And so you go to see the doctor and you do those tests and he tell you, okay, come tomorrow to come and pick the test. But from that moment, when you do that test, there's a lot of things that go on in your mind. You're wondering, my God, what will the doctor find? Will I pass this medical? Will there be a medical condition that will make me not get a job? And it's that you are in a level of uncertainty. So, and because all of us, we are wired to have certainty. And that's why, you know, because of that, our response to that is, you know, we, you know, we, that's why we look for jobs because we feel that when you have a job, you can have certainty. That's how some people respond. Others, you know, will respond by controlling people because we want to be certain. And we see all those behaviors are being, um, you know, uh, being manifested by each one of us. You know, because that desire to be certain, to be sure about tomorrow is wired on every single human being. And how we respond to that determines a lot. And a lot of respond to it in different ways. That's why people do go to the extent that they are going. You look at the corruption that we have in the world today. You wonder why are we, why is there so much strife? I mean, now you saw the riots that were going on the other day and you wonder what's really happening here because the human being has a need to be certain. And because of that, they, they do funny things. They, they will try to be corrupt. They'll try to amass wealth. They'll try to, you know, to get money. All thinking that it will give you certain, you know, to make you be certain. And that's why it's a problem all over the world. When you, you have to talk about corruption, it's everywhere. It's not just in some countries, you know, corruption is everywhere. The human being is corrupt. Why? Because in our attempt to be certain, we, we, we believe that if we have money or if we have, we, we have power, you know, power is another thing where we control everybody. We can do what we want. We can amass wealth. We feel that we're going to be certain. And, 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 and that's, that's wrong. So there's there are good responses. There are bad responses on this whole issue around certainty. And I want to, you know, to just put, you know, uh, you know put it there. And that's why, um, you know, it's, it's, it's critical for us as Christians. Where do we get certainty? Because if we get our certainty from jobs, if we get our certainty from, you know, wealth, or we feel that's what gives us certainty, then you'll never be fulfilled because those things come and they go. Jobs come and go. Wealth comes and goes. And we must be able to find our certainty in Christ Jesus. That's why he says, believe in me. He says, he came so that he can give us abundance in life and we can have it abundantly. Our certainty cannot come from anywhere else except coming from our Lord. And that's why this is so, so powerful because people will try to get certainty through many things. It manifests in many things. Power, controlling. People are willing to fight, to kill, to do anything to get power. Why? Because the human being is wired to be certain. The second need that we that is you and that is also critical for every human being is uncertainty. And again, it comes in as an opposite. One thing on one side, we want to be certain. On another other area, we also want there's a part of us human being that we want uncertainty. We want variety. 
You know, we weren't surprised when you when when everything is the same, 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 same. It becomes boring. So there's a part of us that also likes uncertainty, surprise. Um, you know, and, and that and that, that people respond to it in different ways. That, that you know, people that's what we like to be challenged. We like diversity, and people can respond, you know, to that using by doing having bad habits. You know, habits that don't last. For a long term, and that's why people end up again in doing things that are, you know, that are not that are not good. Even when you come to relationships, the reason why a lot of relationships suffer problem is because of you know this element of uncertainty. People like surprise; they don't like the same, same, same thing, you know, going going on. And so, again, when we come, to, when we look at what God's word says, you know, it's, it's our, our our God is a. He says when the Lord Jesus left, he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to be your guide. He's going to guide you into all ways. He's going to be your helper, your, 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 your counselor. So again, remove this element of uncertainty. The third um, need that we all have is significance. Significance. Everybody all over the world, all of us, as long as we're a human being, we all want to be to feel like we are needed. Everybody wants to feel like, you know, you are important. You want to feel that, you know, you are somebody, you mean something. Yes, a meaningful life. And how do people respond to that? That's why there's violence in the world, because people believe when I'm violent, I become significant. You know, I can tell everybody else down. I can, you know, I can take a gun and shoot. Um, it, it's, we are driven by a need to be significant okay other people can there are some people when they are sick they feel good because they get attention you know people can come to them and they, they feel like they are at the center of the world and because why because you feel when you are sick you're really significant again that's how people respond the others will respond by going for degrees you get as many degrees as you can and there's nothing wrong with that but it's again driven by that need for you to just feel significant then others it's religion or achievements or you know so there are many ways or children by the way especially for you know um, you know women and and when they children can become a way of significance especially in our cultural setup or a skill that that is unique so again the human being needs significance and the question is do you get your significance from all these things that I've talked about here, because if your significance is not coming from God, these are things that you may have, you may not have. You may have today, you may not have tomorrow. Your significance must come from God. That's why every morning you ask declaring who we are, because we want to know who we are and our identity is to come from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when our identity comes from God, when it's not from all these things, then it can be sustained and it can be on for a long, long time. So significance is something else that all of us have a desire for. The next thing that we uh, need that human beings have is connection and love. Um, you know, we all want to be loved and, and and we want to connect with with you know with 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 people. It's wired in us as human as human beings. And how do we how do people respond to that? You find that you know people will will, will get you know they will look for sympathy or violence or you know they start getting toys and you know uh, you know you know sacrifice and others can be very demanding you you know you can be so demanding or you know there are many ways of experiencing that connection um you know that that connection um you know that that love and again what we are saying is that God our God loves us and our if we if you if, if we don't connect and get connected with God's love then we're going to have to look for people 
to love us. And people, human beings are limited. They, they are limited in what they can do. And therefore we must love. We must know that our love must be connected to God because he loves us unconditionally. He loves us unconditionally. Other ways, you know, there are some people who demand, you know, when you, you know, our desire to get love, we, we start demanding significance from other people. And people cannot do that. Some people call that ego. Where people are, they got such a huge ego because you want people to, to you know, to, to, to almost to, to feel you, you know. That brings conflict. So the point here we are saying is that when it comes to this issue of connection and love, we must find our love in God. And that's why Bible says, for God so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who came and loved us conditionally, died on the cross for all of us. And therefore, our love comes from God. Uh, so that's, again, another need that we have. And the fifth one is growth. You know, if every human being wants growth, if you're not growing, you cannot be happy. Growth is life. Anything that is, you know, is growth. Plants grow, everything grows. And where there's no growth, there's no happiness. And that's so something else that every one of us as a human being, we, 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 we need. The sixth one, which is the last one, is contribution. Um, is we all want to feel like we are contributing. You know, we are serving a higher purpose. You know, we are going beyond. We are Our life is not just about ourselves. You know, it is serving a higher purpose. It's serving other people. And where you're going beyond yourself. That's why ministry is so important. Because the reason why we come together as a ministry is we can be able to serve other people. Where we can take life beyond us. When we say we are going for a mission somewhere, or we are doing this, or we are doing this, we are saying it can't be just about me and everything about myself. No, we are coming together and saying, how can we go there and make a difference in other people's lives? How can we touch other people? How can we be able to reach out more? That's the power of ministry, because we are able to contribute. Contribution is something that's a word in each one of us. And so the question I ask for us this morning as we bring this to a close is, how do you try to get certainty in your life? And as part of your exercise this day, you know, you know there's some ways in which you try to be certain, you know, to be comfortable, or, you know, maybe how you avoid pain, gain pleasure. How do you attain uncertainty? How do you attain significance? What's your perception and connection and love? You know, your growth contribution. How, do you, how are you fulfilling all these things? And I want to send you back to God's word, so that the word, God's word can be the guide for us because all human beings, all of us, have got these six needs. And depending on how we fulfill them, it can either take us away from God or it can draw us closer to God. But God's word says, let us find certainty in God. Let us, let us find, let us allow the Lord to lead us. Let us find our significance in God. Let us find our connection, our love in God. Let, let us, let us a desire to draw in knowing Christ and growing in our relationship with him. Let us serve our purpose. Let us not focus on ourselves. Let us focus on other people as a ministry. And when you do all these things, we go to find happiness. Happiness is found when we meet these six needs according to God's word, according to God's scripture. So as we think about unleashing this, unlocking or leading an extraordinary life, it's important to make sure that you address these six needs. You have addressed them yourself. And I want you today, as a part of the exercise, just go in and reflect on what I've said. In the notes, we added more things in addition to the homework we had yesterday. But find some time and reflect on these things. How these six needs, human needs, how are you meeting them? Because that's why you find the extremes. You find people into alcohol. They're going into smoking. All those experiences that I've talked about there at the beginning. The reason why they are doing that 
because they are trying to meet a particular need. And it takes them away and away. It becomes destructive for them, destructive for those around them, and does not serve any purpose for them. So allow me to park it there. So I welcome our sister Puri to Oh, my God.